Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills, and I'm joined by John Knapp and Gerilyn Valentine. Today, we're going to recap Pastor Brett's most recent message from Teach Us to Pray. It was week four and the final message of the series. Now, Pastor Brett wrapped it up just beautifully by giving us nine things to be praying for. We hope you're encouraged by this series. We know we were. We are sad to see it go. We're also extremely excited because this next weekend is Easter. And even though we can't meet in person, we have so many awesome things that you can check out. Go to springhills.org or download the free Spring Hills app for more information on how you can join us for Easter weekend. And now let's go to the sermon recap of week four of Teach Us to Pray. All right, tonight I have John Knapp and Gerilyn Valentine with me. We're going to unpack Pastor Brett's most recent message and the final message of our series, Teach Us to Pray. One of the things that I really loved about this message just in general, it was really speaking right to somebody like me who needs the guidance of what to be praying for. Uh, The 4-4 pattern has been so helpful to me just to give me guidance in my own prayer life. It's really helped me grow in my prayer life, not just between me and God, but how to pray with my family. So this really was a great message for uh, for me, and and I got a lot out of it, and I'll listen to it a few times and, and keep getting things. So I loved this message. I thought he wrapped it up great. And Pastor Brett, he always has a good message. You know what I mean? What I love so much about his message is the fact that it just Did comes, you hear that, Pastor Brett? Yeah, it you comes always from, <laughs> have a good message. It's always from Scripture, and I think that's kind of the biggest point here when you, that, that, you know, you start with an open Bible. That's kind of the whole idea of prayer. But what I kind of just love so much about this message is it doesn't just hit the person who is at a place like, I don't know what to pray. It's like it hits a person who like wants to become a Christian in that moment as Pastor Brett's like sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also hits a person who's been walking with the Lord for their whole entire life, mm-hmm. you know? And so you can find yourself at different points throughout your journey with God where you maybe n- might not know what to pray or how to pray or what to pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, I even saw in the comments online as we were interacting and engaging during our services, you know, someone just wrote out, like, this is so good because I always find myself just asking for requests or asking mm-hmm. for things that I would like God to do in my life. Um, but these are specific and these are very helpful to mm-hmm. continue, you know, my own development as I, you know, grow in my faith. So yeah. I think that's what I like so much about it. It hits, it hits everybody. There's not mm-hmm. one person that says, ah, this message isn't for me or uh, it's too advanced or it's too basic. It's Yeah, yeah. it casts a wide net. Yeah. A wide net. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really true. Yeah, I was enjoying, too, thinking about how, you know, this is probably something that I'll never slam dunk master. So I think that it's really helpful to have that, that like, groundwork now to be able to build on that. But then also understanding, like you said, from the babyest of, you know, first-time believers, which is awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way up to somebody who's been walking with God for decades. We need this reminder of this pattern and the having the recognition to see that it's in the Bible. I think yeah. like Brett didn't make up, you know, and he were, I can't remember Daniel Henderson. Is that the name yeah. of the person? Like so. he, he developed this by looking at patterns of prayer in the Bible, which is really cool and how applicable these nine prayers are to right now. Just reminding myself that it's like, this is stuff I need to be praying all the time. Mm-hmm. Not just because these circumstances are crisis mode, but you'll never slam dunk prayer. I like, right. I like yeah. That. You can't yeah. slam dunk. You can't, it. Master it. you can't master it. I like the basketball reference. <laughs> so you dribble this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We won't go there. So yeah, this was overall again, just an awesome message. Um, for, for me, I now I love making lists. 
Mm, I if I had a list true. of things that I love to do, making lists would be on the top of that list. Okay. <laughs> and so when Brett said he's going to give us nine things, I'm like, oh, just round it out to ten. Give me a top ten list. Let's do this. <laughs> Type A person um, over here. We should but make yeah, a so tenth one. Let's add a tenth one together. You know, I'll let you do that. Proceed. I'll let you take care of that. Um, <laughs> but let's let's go into this first one. Pray for revelation of who God is. Mm, Ephesians okay. one seventeen is the the scripture that he used. So mm-hmm. um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting to really think about how often I've had friends, uh, acquaintances throughout my life go through intense phases of trying to figure out who they are, mm-hmm. um, going through just like the, I'm trying to figure myself out and who I am and where I should be and all that stuff. And I think that's kind of what the world tells us is just, you know, fig- figure out who you are. You do sure, you, sure. you know, that kind of stuff. And this is a really good reminder to just go right back to starting with God, reveal yourself to me. And then worshiping God over the past 10 years since I've been in ministry, um, it's been so focused around this very thing. Uh, mm-hmm. My my understanding of worship when I was younger was very different. And there was this time in my life about 10 years ago where it became, I want the experience of getting to know who God is more and more. And I, I have a theory that this is why I don't really get sick of songs very easily mm. because every time that I'm singing a song, even if it's the the hundredth time I've sang a song, my prayer is that God's revealing himself to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm every time that I'm worshiping, I'm praying that God's revealing himself in a way that he hasn't revealed himself before to know more about him to, yeah, to just for him to reveal himself to me in that way. Um, so that's really interesting for me to even put it in that perspective of like, maybe this is why I don't get sick of songs because I don't really get sick of songs, which is (laughs) probably a blessing. I thought it was so wise of Brett to kick off with this one in particular. Like, I'm Mm. sure that after this, it's not like there was a ton of strategy behind the order, but I do really think that this being in the number one spot is such a game changer because that's a prayer that I, I, again, I need reminded <laughs> that that's something that I need to ask for. It's not something that I can just be like, oh, yeah, I got it. Like, I totally understand God's mm-hmm. justice and mercy and love and all these things. Like, I need to be reminded that God can use my circumstances to reveal his character to me and not just only save that kind of revelation for, like, focused Bible study time. I think that was something I took away from mm-hmm. that that prayer, that I want to weave that prayer into my entire day, not just my my focused uh, time with right. the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. For this point, uh, it, it really modeled the pattern that he's been kind of teaching us the whole way where it kind of mm-hmm. starts with who God is, mm-hmm. you know, understanding who he is first before you go into any other mode of prayer, whether that's, you know, requesting or, you know, going out. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, one thing he really talked about here was there's a difference between knowing of God and then knowing yeah, God, yeah. you know, the, I, I know of many people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But there are a handful of people that I know intimately, that I know their preferences, I know what they like, what they don't like, what will make them feel uncomfortable, um, what will make them feel loved, mm-hmm. right? And so he talked specifically, he used the term heart knowledge in this part, like mm-hmm. there's a head knowledge and then mm-hmm. there's a heart knowledge. And a prayer for a revelation of who God is, I think, deepens your your heart knowledge mm-hmm. of who God is and allowing you to connect with him in that way. So I really took that as a, as something to think about as I pray more and more. Mm-hmm. I love that common language for a distinction between those two things. Cause there's so much we understand in our heads that it just got us, you got it to sink deeper in the yeah. heart knowledge. That's level. another thing I really appreciate about Brett is Brett's knowledge is vast of scripture and theology and doctrine, but he's, 
able to give us these points and explain it just like we were talking about earlier, where this really is hitting everybody. You don't need to have a a doctorate to understand what he's talking about here. He's really doing, um, I mean, he's he's doing a great job at at casting that wide net and just being able to be understood by um, people that are, you know, baby Christians or not Christians um, Mm -hmm. or people who have been Christians their uh, their whole adult lives. Um, Mm. Yeah. I think also going into uh, to the second one, pray for hope to increase. I think this was another one you said you really liked that Brett started with the revelation of who God is. And I think just where our world is at right now, pray for hope to increase is a huge one because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are um, that can be hopeless right now. They just don't. The, the chaos is intense mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people. And personally, in my own life, having hope increase is huge for me. Um, mm-hmm. because if I, if I find myself going through a trial and all of a sudden my hope is decreasing, I crash hard. And then I really have a hard time praying for these other things because now I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a solid foundation if I start with my hope decreasing. You know, for me, as I think about this, this hope, you know, Brett really wanted to make a, a definition of like hope from the world's perspective versus mm like what biblical hope is, you know, like uh, hope is something that I think everyone can identify with that they need. You know, Brett said, you know, you can live X amount of days without water, X amount of days without food, Mm -hmm. right? And then without air, but not a minute without hope. Everyone needs Mm -hmm. hope to continue moving on, right? But uh, the biblical hope is that there's an assurance, you know, there's an assurance of what's to come. There's a there's a hope that it's going to come to pass. uh, Mm -hmm. And specifically in the passage that he referenced during this point, it talked about the inheritance that we'll receive for all those who mm. know Jesus Christ. And that is a huge linchpin of, of where your hope is fueled from. Like mm, without knowing that, without knowing the, uh, the assurance of the inheritance that you have in Christ, um, you know, hope can, can, can be, can dwindle and it can become uh, an empty reservoir, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, God has wonderful things planned for us and, for those who are in Christ, we, we do have all the spiritual blessings. We, we do receive that inheritance from him. There is a new heaven. There is a new earth that will to come, will come that there will not be any coronavirus. There will not be any pain. There will not be, you know, any tears. And he promises us that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a, that's a hope that we do need to fix our eyes on even more than the hope that, you know, coronavirus doesn't come to our, our, our city, you know, yeah. our, our home, you know, ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we can hope that that doesn't come, but there's a greater hope. And I think that greater hope is, you know, what Jesus has promised us, um, the assurance of that coming to pass. I think it really exposed for me too, just off of what you're saying, John, that uh, so many of the things that this virus and these circumstances have sparked me to like hope for and and almost be tempted to despair like things are never going to return to normal and this is you know everything's crazy and I want to just go to Trader Joe's and not walk you know strategically down (laughs) the aisles like (laughs) these kinds of things that I I think my gut reaction when everything changed was to turn my hope in those directions Mm -hmm. but the past week I feel like the Lord's really been reorienting my heart to realize there's some things that just constantly I need to be hoping for almost like a holy discontent that Mm -hmm. like until this is you know resolved and until this is uh uh perfected I'm going to continue longing for this and continue turning to God for this kind of hope and I'm thinking of different relationships that 
I just allow to sort of sit on the back burner and, you know, not really pursue, um, you know, a deeper level of, of health and things like that in people that I just really cherish. And so I think that hearing this pray for hope to increase, it kind of illuminated to me that my gut reaction two weeks ago would have been like, yeah, I really want to pray that I am not afraid in the midst of these circumstances. But this week it's kind of like, wow, look at all these things that I should be hoping for all the time that Mm -hmm. I just am sort of content to let sit, you know, without any focus. Totally. Um, Praying for peace and unity in relationships. (laughs) This is a prayer that I felt like almost everyone was like, Yes. 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 Everybody, it's true. <laughs> right? We miss the people we can't be with, and then we're with people that we need yes. <laughs> space from. <laughs> the whole like yeah. shelter in place. Well, and yeah. there's so the much of it where like we talked about it. I we talked about it a little bit last week, just in some conversations about like there's just there's a uh, a huge contrast between the two situations. You've got the families that aren't used to being together 24 seven that are now stuck together. (laughs) And then you've got the families that aren't, you know, somebody's working at a hospital and they're working over time and they're not seeing their family at all. And then every time they do come home, there's this, you know, fear that they might be infected with the virus. You know, there's just such a different, a contrast of, of um, Mm -hmm. relationships there and what people are going through. And so peace and unity and relationships, I mean, that's, everybody in such different ways too. Cause it's mm. it, right now, everybody's relationships are being tested in some way. Maybe not everybody's, but a lot of relationships are being tested in some way. Well, think about it. I mean, we're all sinners, right? And I mean, right. we're it's not perfect people. <laughs> we're all imperfect people. I mean, it, it, you get into a room and you're, you're in that room or you're, you're living, you know, every single minute of the day in your house mm-hmm. with your family, who you love, you know, mm-hmm. I love my family. You know, Lauren, if you're listening, I love being with you and all the kids, right? But the idea is at the same time that you can easily let things begin to fester and get at you. And, you know, it's it's not normal for us to live life inside of a house that long, you know? Um, and so the idea of tension and conflict and getting on each other's nerves and other things like that will happen. I mean, it's not just like, you know, if it happens, you know, you make sure that you're praying for, you know, the peace in your house. No, it's going to happen. And, Mm -hmm. and when it does, you know, you need to be mindful of the things to be praying for. And that is to pray for the peace Mm -hmm. uh, in your relationships, uh, you know, for tension, you know, for strength with your, with your relationship with your wife or your husband and, you know, your kids Mm and their relationships and how you parent them or, you know, how you treat them. It's, it's, it's a huge part of your day. I mean, and if I can speak from experience that if you mess up, or if you let something go and, and you have conflict or you have tension and it kind of blows up, like it, it kind of like messes up the whole day and it could, mm. it could even bleed into the next day, sure, you know? Sure. And so, you know, it's important that your relationships do have, you know, mm-hmm. the, the peace. And I think finding a way to make a relationship, a, pa- a place where you can retreat and be off and be safe, you know, to just be transparent about what you're going through rather than isolation. Like I think I've been really blessed with uh, my boyfriend, Connor, to be able to spend more time together than we usually do and to find, like, in that relational space the permission to, you know, I think in other circumstances I would be able to really relate to people that are like, I just need two seconds by myself. (laughs) Like, that's all I need. (laughs) But being able to figure out, like, how do I create what normally for me would be an empty room with a closed door and knowing no one's going to interrupt me. Like, how do I reframe a relationship to become that safe 
place. And that is so much easier said than and done. done. Yeah. And especially when you have, you know, history of, of things that just make us snaps instantly to being frustrated with each other or something like that. I've just been thinking of, yeah, people that don't have the, the option to sort of retreat to an isolated room right now within their own home type of thing. Roommates in college. This was such, such a great example of this because I have, I have best friends and I moved to college and we decide to be roommates. And within a month, we can't stand each other. And we'd mm. been best friends for a while, like all through high school and we can't stand each other. And then finally, when we move away from each other and we get back to, you know, normal life, we're adults now, whatever, we become friends again instantly. But living together, it was just our personalities didn't work. Then I have another friend who I've been best friends with since I was seven years old. I don't know. Richie, if you ever listen to this, you can correct me on that. <laughs> and we were roommates and we lived in, and I'm going to go to the verse that Brett used. We lived in harmony. harmony. And I love that word, mm. harmony, mm. not just because I, I uh, am involved in music, but because it's such a it's such a nice sounding word. And it's one of those words to me that sounds exactly like what it should be. <laughs> harmony. Mm -hmm. It just harmony. sounds nice. And um, so, yeah, the verse that, that Brett went went to was Romans 15, five, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and endurance and encouragement, I think is something that we all really need to be praying for right now too, because this is, we don't know when this is going to end. Mm -hmm. um, be encouraged that th this isn't our home. The world is not, this earth is not our home that we have the hope and we're going to all these other things that we're, we're praying for, right? Uh, we have the hope in Christ and uh, we can be encouraged and hopeful that now we can live in harmony with each other. So praying to be able to live in harmony with one another is um, so big for me because being in tight quarters, you can get <laughs> tired of the people you love the most in the world yeah. very quick. Um, just because little things like, why do you leave the garbage in the sink? That mm. doesn't make any sense to me. And instead of it just being like, oh, I'll just go throw it in the garbage. You're like, oh my gosh, there's garbage in the sink again. <laughs> and you just get like that kind of worked up, right? When you're around each other all the time. But yeah. Um, going on, any other thoughts there on pray for peace and unity and relationships? I was just going to say, I was thinking about it. So it, it. It takes, you know, you owning your behavior at times, like yeah. asking for forgiveness yeah. or on the other side, forgiving your spouse, forgiving your kids, forgiving the people that are living in your house, your grandparents or you know, whoever it is that's in your house, forgiving them will go a long way and kind of just yeah. getting past it and just and, and moving on. And, and it's, it's really in accordance to Jesus Christ and in the same way that Christ has forgiven you. Forgive those that you live in your home with. Right. You know? I think that's just good to say. I was talking to a small group leader who we were recognizing that uh, the 4-4 four -four model applies to God perfectly but then it's also something that I think we can apply to our relationships with those that we love where it's like I have these people who do so much for me and I do think that there's consistently times when I let them down and it's different than with God because God never lets us down but other people do but just in general when I approach a relationship where I'm like I really need you to do xyz you mm -hmm. know instead of starting there you know having a pattern where I start with just saying thank you for all these things that you've done for me and I'm sorry for these ways that I've fallen short. And then, okay, can you do this to make our, our harmony increase? Right, totally. <laughs> type <of thing. laughs> um, looking into the next one now, pray for the strengthening of the inner man. Pastor Brett went to Ephesians 3.16. John, you want to read that for us real quick? Yeah, so it says, 
that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that, this is verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend all the saints. Yeah, so basically mm-hmm. it's this idea of being strengthened through God's power in your inner being. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like kind of finding strength on the inside. Right. He really talked about, you know, he talked about us being made into this new creation, that mm-hmm. when we are in Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This new person inside of us, this, this new person that we are, the point he was making needs to be strengthened. It mm-hmm. needs, to, needs to grow, needs to get stronger. Um, and, uh, this is, this is one of the parts in his message where he talked about really the prayers that we see in scripture are hardly about our circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, the things that are happening around us. This is the part in the message where he talked about how prayers that we find in scripture are about prayers, being able to find the strength through God mm-hmm. to endure whatever the world throws at us. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with the inside. It starts with God strengthen me on the inside. And no matter what's happening on the outside, because I have your strength in me, I'm going to be able to face those things. That's kind of was a big idea that I took from the strength of the inner man and every single person needs to be strengthened yes. in their inner being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That reminds me thinking too, just of how often I pray for strength for different kinds of things and how rarely I have outside of these circumstances prayed that my inner, inner woman would be strengthened. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that we need to you be prior. Inner man. <laughs> we need to be prioritizing you know, fostering the circumstances that would give us the space that God can strengthen our inner man. And it's rare that it's rare that I prioritize that. And I think that reminder is really valuable. Yeah. Oddly, something with me is, is I'm always, I I pray all the time. I have, I have this book. It's a, it's a prayer journal essentially, and it's things that I'm praying for. And I usually within it have this section where I'm praying for things that I am praying for God to help me improve in. And help me, you know, help me be a better husband. And then I write out details of like, how can I be a better husband and then help me be a better father. And here's how I'm pray pray for me with patience with the kids and this stuff, or I'm praying for patience with the kids and this kind of thing. And I've, I've noticed that with, um, with a lot of it is I, I, I kind of got stuck in a rut of like, here's the things I'm praying for. And I forget to keep digging into that and praying for, uh, my inner man mm-hmm. of, um, really just wanting to grow more in Christ and be more like Christ in every single way. And not just, I mean, it's good that I'm, I want to pray to be a better husband. Right. But at the same time, it's like, if I just stop at those things, I also need to pray to be a better teammate in ministry. I need to pray mm-hmm. to be uh, a better friend and a better son and a better brother and all of these different relationships that are going on. And I need to pray to be um, a good example for the people that are in our ministry and be, uh, you know, all these things that I forget about. So strengthening the inner man as a whole, it opened it up for me. Um, and then some of the the things that Brett goes on to say, it's just, I actually found, thought this was the most interesting one for myself, just listening to Brett teach on this um, was, was really helpful for me. Not to say that this other stuff wasn't, but this was. Well, the point is, and this is that on your own strength, Right. You can't be a better right. husband. Right. Right. You can't exactly. be a better father, exactly. a better friend, coworker. All on your own strength, you're, you might you might do fine for a, a little bit, you know, or you might have a good day. Or you can pick like one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> or you pick one good. of those things, right? <laughs> but 
it's not until you recognize that it's it's only in the strength that you receive from God right. that you're able to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like uh, in in First Corinthians thirteen, love is patient, love is kind. Yes. All those things. You you can't be patient. You can't be kind. You can't be loving in all those ways unless you have God's love in you to mm-hmm. be able to go. Especially out. in eight hundred square feet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it comes back to. To, to God strengthening yes. you, the strength you come that comes from him. What were you going to say, Joan? Well, I was going to say we can keep bouncing back to four, but that even makes me think of five where pray for comprehension of God's love. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard so many people recently, I think meaning to inspire people to uh, not see these mo- times as just like oppression, but an opportunity, but they're like, this can still be the best year ever. Blah, blah, blah. And I think that even hearing you list off all those ways, I need to pray to be a better X, Y, Z, all the hats that I have a better X, Y, Z. And it's like, that can feel so overwhelming. And I'm like, I think I just need some space to yeah. grieve <laughs> that my expectations have all changed and I need a moment for that. And just mm-hmm. how underwhelming, like how calming the prayer to comprehend God's love is like that doesn't overwhelm me at all a little bit I feel sometimes overwhelmed like strengthen my inner man I love that reminder John that it's not our strength that strengthens our inner man like it's God's strength but there's something so calming about the the prompt of God to be like I want you to pray (laughs) that I will give you the power to understand how wide how long how Mm. high how deep like even hearing Brett's voice say those different spatial terms today over and over again was just really soothing to me to be like, ah, I'm tired, but I have energy for that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I can do. (laughs) And I really appreciate how he talked about, we can pray that for other people in our lives to understand that because you, you you want that for your kids. You want that for your siblings. You want that for your spouse. You want that for your parents, anybody that you care and you love, you would want them to understand that at the same time at the same time Mm -hmm. that, um, and then he said something I thought was super cool. He said, and it's wide enough to include you. Mm. Um, you know, God's love is wide enough to include you speaking and then wide enough to include the whole, the whole whole world. Meaning that anybody listening to this, whether you're a Christian or you're not, it's that we all carry around with us these tapes in our head that we like, we, we play these tapes from our past of like where we, where we major failed, right. Or, Mm -hmm. or we didn't do what we thought we should have done or, in God's eyes, or where we're failing now, or where we're failing right now, right? Currently, that could that could obviously, yeah, totally be another thing. Mm. It's it's wide enough, and how wide is it? It, it stretched the arms of Christ on the cross, right? Mm. As far as the east is from the west, mm-hmm. that's how much God loves you, and it's wide enough. And I just want to encourage anyone listening right now, yeah. if you're carrying around burdens or you're carrying around any guilt of thinking that you're unlovable, right. you know go back and look at, you know, this point, point number five, again, to wrap your mind around this idea that, that there was nothing that, that you did to make God love you in the first place. Right. right. So there's nothing nothing you can do to make him not love you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the comprehension of God's love, we sing, we sang the song a few weeks ago, your love never fails, um, never gives up, never lets me down. It's, and going into the, even the bridge of that song and death and life, there's nothing that can separate us from God's great love. And mm-hmm. I think when we talk about pray for the comprehension of God's love, mm-hmm. I think for me the comprehension is that there's no limit to God's love. And it's not that I doubt that there's a limit to God's love, but it's more of like I have to constantly remind myself of that because everything here on earth, there's a beginning, there's an end, there's mm-hmm. nothing is infinite. And with God's love, God is it's infinite and there's nothing I can do that break the love. Well, it's 
that's not so with humans. Like if you love mm-hmm. somebody, there's definitely something that that person could do to you to make you mm-hmm. angry enough to feel like you don't love them anymore. And I feel like what mm-hmm. I have done in my life has, if, if it was possible to lose somebody's love, God is the one that deserves to not love me anymore because mm-hmm. of who I am. And yet mm-hmm. here it is, this love that I can't comprehend of he's going to forgive me. He's extending grace and mercy and he's going to love me with a love that I will never fully comprehend as much as I'm grasping to comprehend it. And I actually mm-hmm. really appreciate that I will never comprehend it because it there's something soothing to me in, in not being able to comprehend it. And mm-hmm. if I comprehend it, I feel like it would be um it would be it would have a limit to it. And so the mm-hmm. fact that there's no limit to it and I can't comprehend it means it separates it from anything else that I can fathom. Mm-hmm. And it's it's limitless and reminding myself constantly that um that God's love does not have an end is something that I do often. Um, and I sing it all the time in songs that God's love is never ending. It never fails. And it's a good reminder always to remember that that that's the comprehension for me is to remember that there's not a limit to God's love. Mm-hmm. And that, and that should give us security, mm-hmm. right? God's love for us should secure us in times like these. Yeah, That was one of his points too, that it should give us a sense of assurance of security that, that it's going to be okay. God loves, God loves us. Yep. Understand that love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be still, know that I'm God. He's our strength, he's our refuge. I'm praying for, uh, pray for love to abound between people. I mm-hmm. think I've seen this a lot. This is really cool to, to even see in the three weeks that we've done this. This is our third full weekend of Spring Hills Online. Mm-hmm. And um, this morning, we, the worship team, we did a, a Zoom meeting with one of the kids in our church. And it was amazing to see the almost the entire worship team jump in on this mm-hmm. just to say hi to this kid and he and it was it was so he was so full of joy so happy and i really think that that was just one of those things we weren't doing that just out of an obligation we're doing that because we love him and mm-hmm. we we love to reach out and encourage him um and that was that immediately came to my mind when i was listening again today uh, to Brett's message, pray for love to abound between people. I see, you know, the the 13 faces in the Zoom meeting talking to <laughs> this one kid and and all listening to him and all smiling and enjoying the fact that he's not only not only enjoying that we're all saying hi to him, but then he wants to sing with all of us and he wants to <laughs> he wants to to worship mm-hmm. God with us, even though we're on our computers and we're not together. Um, <laughs> and it was really that when when Brett said pray for love to abound between people. That was an image that I had in my mind during the 1115 service. That's cool. Well, we are living in a time where people can get really selfish. 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 Selfish, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you can find people, well, I, a couple weeks ago, it was really bad with the stores, right? Yeah. Just like getting a whole bunch of stuff and kind of only focusing on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, love is something that is expressed when you put someone else first. That was one thing that he kind of defined it as of, of putting others needs before yours. Love with purpose is kind of another way that he said it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something that we need to pray for ourselves because, or for it to increase as well, because that doesn't come natural to us. There's right. no way that we are able to love our neighbor, to love our family, to love, you know, others with a, with a sincere, genuine love. Right. Um, if we don't have God's love in us, um, mm-hmm. you know, giving us the strength to, you know, love other people mm-hmm. um but uh you know that's kind of just one thing you know I, I really picked up on it is you know love is really caring about another person's needs and that's yeah. that's 
identified in the person and, and work of Jesus on the mm-hmm. cross, right? He literally laid his life down for us. Mm-hmm. He died on the cross for you and for me. That was an act of love, putting mm-hmm. us first mm-hmm. and submitting himself to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is another great example of where Brett was so strategic about the order of this because coming, you know, love between people, of course we want to pray for that, but that f- comes after comprehending God's love for us. We love because he first loved us. I think that's that's a beautiful thing to realize. I got to start there and then Mm -hmm. sinking into the understanding of that love is what equips me to love other people and care about their needs. So number seven, pray for purity and holiness. Mm. Jerry, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a pastor articulate to me trying to focus on the balance between radical responsibility and unbelievable grace. And that's always been a really good thing for me to measure when we're encouraging and sort of exhorting people in their walk with the Lord is you don't want to focus so much on the unbelievable grace that people use that as a reason to not, you know, not strive for holiness and not, you know, ask and seek that in their lives. But then you also don't want to focus so extensively on the radical responsibility that people are very legalistic and sort of self-righteous and trying to do this on their own and not in God's strength. And I think Brett has always done such a phenomenal job of really demonstrating that's that unbelievable grace. We got to start there. We got to get grace. <laughs> we need to understand that. And then we move on from there to pray for, yeah, beaut- purity and holiness. Like that's that those terms, I think, have a lot of baggage in our culture. Um, but when you dig into and I think Brett does such a good job unpacking them in a way where you're like, those are just beautiful concepts that it's so appropriate for us to long for that in our lives. Uh, more and more. Yeah, the the idea of, of holiness, you know, the word holy mean set apart. You know, yeah, yeah. Set apart. God is holy, so he is He is other. He is holy other than us. Like, he is not like us mm-hmm. in that he's perfect and holy, right? And then he wants his people to be holy in a sense, yes. set apart as well. Um, and purity is one of those things, but it's set apart for him. That's kind of the purpose yes. of the prayer, set apart in, in how we think, how we act, how we treat, how we love, how we behave. And all those things come after understanding the grace, right? And the relationship. I, I think it might have been the first message in the series where he's like, it's, you know, righteousness for a relationship. I'm trying yeah. to remember who said that recently. I think it might have been. Anyways, but I love that. Yeah, we're, we're, li- we're seeking holiness, purity, righteousness for the sake of something that started with grace. Right, yeah. and I think we can all agree that, that I think there is a life that is marked by one who loves God and loves other people. And then there are lives that are not marked by those who love God and other people. And Mm -hmm. we're not here to be judges of those things uh, by any means, but I think you should be able to see someone and be able to know based on how they love and how they, Mm -hmm. you know, treat other people Mm -hmm. at kind of the 40,000 foot view of like God's love is in them. They, you know, they're set apart for who God is. But the idea here was um, walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Is mm, kind of what yeah. he kind of talked about here, um, fully and pleasing to God. And so thinking about like going throughout your day and how you how you handle your relationships, you know, what you do in your free time, when you do have your alone time, yeah. you know, all those things, living a life that's worthy um, of that, that would bring God, uh, that would please the Lord. Um, and he said, you know, something in here that to not allow the devil to distract you or to tempt you or to right. to run through those things that would give you a, a, 
a release or some sort of, um, you know, what's the word? I'm kind of like, I get cutting the edge off, you mm. know, of, of, of all the pressure that we have in life. Mm. Um, but recognizing you were bought with a price, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your body is uh, a temple of the Lord. And mm-hmm. so, you know, live your life and pray for yourself to, to walk in a manner worthy of one that would bring the Lord pleasure, that he would mm-hmm. be pleased with the way that we live our lives. And I think it was this context that he quoted to Paul saying, you know, I'm striving to live my life so that God will say, well, well done, done, good and faithful servant. And that that example of, of sort of the something that Paul used to frame how he viewed his, you know, efforts and focus and activity every day, I thought is so beautiful to quote in this context, too. Yeah, living for the audience of one. Yes, right? yes. The audience of one. Mm-hmm. He go, take it back to that old Big Daddy Weave song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Want to do that right now together? No, I don't. But Acoustic you know, session? I, I don't have the talents for that. Uh, moving cool. to uh, praying for boldness to share Christ. And we talked a lot mm-hmm. about boldness last week with um, step three mm-hmm. and Peter and John being threatened and then responding in boldness to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians 6.20. So for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly yep. as I ought to speak. So boldness. Pray for boldness to share Christ. Yeah, that's something we haven't really touched on yet, that a lot of, at least the Ephesian prayers, yeah. come from a jail cell. Yeah, right? yeah. He, he literally is confined. <laughs> he's in, he's <laughs> he enforced. He's, in, he's quarantined, right? <laughs> um, he, and the, in, in that moment, just praying for boldness mm. to, to share that he's ambassador in chains. He literally is in chains mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel, yet his boldness doesn't doesn't cower, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it's this idea of being filled with the spirit so that we are bold. There's a guy in our church who started a watch mm-hmm. party, not knowing that she was starting it. Um, and like 20 of her friends came and watched and, so cool. you know, that was, you could say maybe a by mistake, but you know, it happened and God used it to bring 20 people into range of, you know, hearing God's voice. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we could be doing the same thing, you know, something I was thinking about, uh, is that, you know, the idea is we can't be together. We, we really can't. We can't be together, but that doesn't mean that we can't share the gospel. Like right, those those right. two things are separate. Like you can right. absolutely share the gospel, even with all this social distancing and sheltering in. And that's what we're doing as a church. And that's what we want right. to be doing, you know, individually. And, yeah. and that's, you know, an opportunity for us is on Facebook to, you know, create wash parties and invite people. <laughs> and I actually did that last weekend too. Not this weekend, but last weekend where I invited, I, I did a watch party and I had like, almost 50 people yes, in it. And it was like so people great. from high school that I had never even like talked to for like the last, what is this? 2020s. So I graduated. <laughs> yeah, let's, like 16 let's years age, ago. Let's age right now. 16 let's years see. ago when I graduated high school, that was like the last cool. time I remember honestly thinking about them. That's cool. And how cool it is that we're in a time right now where the gospel is going out right at such a pace and in such a way that more people um, right. are able to hear it. Right. And you person listening to this right now you have a platform that the church as a whole like spring hills maybe doesn't have because of the relationships you have with other people and so your invitation could mean the difference between someone saying yeah i'll check it out or no i'm gonna keep scrolling churches are taking over Mm -hmm. facebook feeds Mm -hmm. and and youtube and we're doing like there's services happening all the time and then there's every church is posting daily devotionals and and constantly praying and there's just this it's it's this awesome social media revival right. of the gospel being put out on social media. And it's 
awesome to see it because normally I'm just looking through social media and it's just politics, politics, <laughs> politics, and it gets old. And now, right now, honestly, I look through and I'm like, Hey, John started a watch party. Hey, Gerilyn started a watch party. Hey, there's our service from last weekend. There's Pastor Brett doing a live prayer. It's all over the place, and it's awesome. And I really think what Brett said, could it be that the gospel is going to get to more people during this time than at any other time in history of the world? Right. I'm like, yeah, because we have this amazing tool to be able to talk to somebody that's across the world right now right. in an instant. And we have right. the, the, just the limitless ability to communicate with each other right now, even though we're all stuck in our homes. It's kind of fascinating to think about because if you would have said this 30 years ago, you were stuck in your home. You really were not talking to people unless you were calling them on your, right. your how, phone that had a cord on it. How good is God? You know what I mean? When you think about that, the provision, you know, I heard one pastor, were you going to say something? Oh, no, you're I heard be. one pastor talk about these numbers of the gospel going out and people becoming Christians and hearing the, hearing the good news and responding in faith and, like how cool is it or would it be to have the idea that there would be more people globally that would come to faith in Jesus Christ as a result mm. of COVID-19 mm. than those who were impacted by COVID-19 wow, or not good, infected yeah. by right, COVID-19. Right, right. That's you know? good, yeah. Um, Craig Rochelle. Yeah, yeah, Craig, cool. yeah Caitlin was that's talking cool. about that yeah, too. Just the idea and, and that vision. You know, what, what, what was intended for bad or evil or not our good was turned around for the glory of God and for the salvation of men and women everywhere. Yeah. And so much of it, I think this kind of gets towards the last point too, uh, is just having so much trust in God's will and the fact that he's in control. Like Paul writing from Ephesians, he could have easily made the excuse that like, well, I'm useless here. I'm in chains, but he you know, ministers to the people who are mm-hmm. running the jail cell. And then he writes, you know, half the new Testament that we as believers would, ne- I don't think we would have had these books if Paul didn't have sort of the forced time where mm-hmm. it's like the only way I can spread the gospel right now is to write letters to people. And now we have them forever. And it's like all this, all this stuff that's happening. I, I felt convicted because I was really, really sort of distraught that we couldn't meet in person for Easter. I think that was I the hardest blow for me. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that times. any of us found out that we weren't going to meet for Easter and we're like, all oh, right, right, this yeah, is yeah, going right. to be awesome. I think our first reaction was all like, seriously? Well, like, it, it was cool because a, a local pastor that I really respect was pointing out that like the gospel w- and the church functioned in like prisoner of war camps, you know, and like all these hmm. different circumstances that were so much more limited than we are right now. And it's like you just have to get in line with, I, I when I read and heard Brett discuss, you know, asking for knowledge of God's will. I felt really convicted that I was like, I think 99% of the time, if I was really honest, I'm not, I need to get to the point where I care about God's will first. <laughs> like not to say that I don't care about God's will. That's, that's not, you know, What's your initial reaction, but my initial, you know, just being like, wow, like, do I really care enough to ask, you know, God, give me knowledge of your will. Because sometimes my heart is revealing that I don't because I see God's will playing out you know, in ways that I interpret as limitations and I'm frustrated and impatient, but just really saying, oh, it's awesome because your will is going to happen no matter what. But I'm just asking Lord that you would give me knowledge and understanding of it and the proper lens to realize that this is a really cool time, even though it's also scary and limited and stuff. Yeah. I think in the same way you're talking about feeling convicted, um, my conviction is like, how selfish am I to be feeling like, 
how selfish am I to be feeling like, man, I didn't get my way. <laughs> my way is we would we would have been able to. I mean, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool if we don't meet for three weeks and then on Easter Sunday we get to meet again. <laughs> like, it's going to be a party. The doors are going to blow <laughs> off. It's going to be awesome. We will rent we're all gonna, the jumpy Sonoma County. Has. <laughs> we're going to start that. We're going to start Food. that intro video at the at the start of church, and everyone's going to be clapping and excited that we get to worship together in person. And that was Ooh. like my initial thought was like, that's going to be cool. You know, after a few weeks of this, and then we get to be back together. Everybody's. It's kind of like when we, we came back from the uh, the evacuations last year. It was that kind of feeling like we're back mm. together. Um, this has happened obviously in Sonoma County. A few or was times it the year now. before that? You know, or was it the evacuation <laughs> before? Was it the one where the fire actually hit us? I'm not uh, exactly man. sure. Sonoma County has been through it. I was just thinking how fitting it was that we're in this series right after having walked through the life of Abraham and thinking mm. about how he was willing to sacrifice the most precious thing to him that God had given him and promised him and just how mind boggling that would have been. And I've been wrestling with, you know, my sister was supposed to get married halfway through May. And that's a day that I think our people just cherish the way they imagine that day to look. And even in my relationship, you know, we were thinking sort of of its timeline for next steps type of thing. And it's like, that's completely changed now. And you know what, but that's that, is very, very special, but comparing some of these things that we're having to, you know, submit to God's will to like what Abraham was willing to do in this beautiful, like the father of the example of faith in God was willing to give up his son, you know, to sort of illuminate what God was going to do and giving up his son. And how much am I willing to not necessarily give up, but just like lay at God's feet and be like, however this, however you want this to look, I'm bought into that. I think that was what I was saying in that I don't, I need to care about God's will first. Like there's some areas where I definitely care about his will, but then there's other areas where I'm like, Hey, this is like a, you know, sacred cow for me. Like the way this day looks (laughs) needs to look a certain way. And I need you to make it happen. (laughs) I think you and I, the word comes up a lot. Diva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of what I think of myself sometimes too. I'm a little bit of a diva with certain things I'm not going my way <laughs> and I have to do the same thing where it's just like, nope, no, 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 not my sure, will, sure. God's will. And mm-hmm. Brett kept hammering that home last week when we were in here talking about um, week number three and Brett just kept honing back on thy will be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done. Not my will, God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So overall, I mean, this was not just the message, but the series as a whole, um, I'm going to put you guys on the spot here and just ask, like, give me a couple sentences, just series as a whole, what your biggest Mm. takeaway is. I think we've hammered this, but my biggest takeaway really is the order of those steps. I think the, the four steps are profound, but the order has been so powerful to me. And, and then also just being reminded kind of like a mystery fifth step of, of just being really transparent with God instead of jumping straight to prayer, but just having a moment where I'm like, this is where I'm at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're together now. Okay. Now I'm going to worship you, you know, and then I'm going to confess to you. And then I'm going to ask you for more, you know, um, that's been really powerful to me. And then I'm going to ask that you mobilize me to do, you know, mm. things that fit within your will. That order has been so profound to me. Yeah. I think for me, there's a long list, but to, bring a couple to the top would would be that prayer is so essential Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that until you begin talking about it week after week after week it is and i'm being just transparent here it is something that you can easily do half-heartedly or Mm -hmm. just even just do as like a 
going through the motions thing. Mm -hmm. Like you do when you're praying for your food. For your food or, you know, someone's in the hospital or someone asks you to pray for them, right? But I guess for me, it just has elevated in my mind and in my heart just a greater intensity of Mm -hmm. focus on prayer Mm -hmm. that you really need it to survive, right? Mm -hmm. You really need it. And when you find yourself at a place um, in your relationship with God in this world um, and you're tired and you're lonely and Mm -hmm. you're hurting, a great question to ask is when did I pray last? You know, when was the last time I prayed? Because that is such a huge lifeline. I think for me, that's probably been the biggest thing that, idea and then also this idea of starting with an open bible i think has been a big part of the impact that the that the that this series has had on me individually but this this it's your day is so much better when you pray your life is so much better when you pray your Mm -hmm. relationships are so much better when you pray your mind everything is better when you pray yeah and just this idea of prayer being like it's um like it's it, what did what did Brett say? You can cut this out, but it's like it's like you're too busy not to pray, or what's that? Uh, yeah, what's yeah. that like? I can't remember who said that. That was a famous, yeah, a famous pastor. Yeah, famous. Brett is famous. Brett, Brett I didn't is mean famous. that. I didn't mean to imply. I mean, I think he was quoting someone. Too busy. We need not to make to sure pray. Brett listens to this because we said oh, we said a l- we gave him a lot of compliments. A lot of love, today. Brett. But yeah. you're too busy not to pray. Yeah. Like, and unfortunately, we are all kind of busier in a sense some of us are at least and um you gotta pray you have to pray you gotta pray to make it through the day you gotta pray you gotta pray you gotta pray well thanks again to john knapp and gerilyn valentine for joining me for that sermon recap don't forget this next weekend is easter weekend it's going to be amazing so be sure to check out springhills.org easter or download the free spring hills app for more information have a wonderful week we'll catch you next time